Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Well, hey, welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Another recording day, and this will be one of my favorite series that we're talking about um, as we start conversations on culture. So the title of this next series will be We Put the Cult in Culture. Uh, we have talked a ton about uh, attracting team members, retaining team members, uh, loving your job, maybe, or making a job where or a business where your days don't suck. And so, um, anyway, we're talking all about culture. Yeah, um, we put the cult in culture. I think you know somebody had said that we're in the middle of this campaign with Noah, who's our videographer, our creative guy that we have on retainer. And as he was interviewing some of the team, he said. You know, it sounds too good to be true. It almost sounds like you're in a cult. And my takeaway from that, I'm like, hey, culture, what's the first four word for four letters? So uh, I don't know if we're doing it right or we are borderline um, onto some deeper stuff here. But yeah, what a great uh, topic for this uh, next series. Yeah. And you just asked me recently what um what would i be really good at selling and so i get kind of passionate about the things that i like and that i believe strongly in and so for sure our team and our business i can uh, kind of get very passionate and long-winded as far as talking about all the awesome things about the people that we do life with and so um desserts came up on that as like something that i could definitely sell very easily like cake and ice cream because i love them so much uh, i would say definitely selling people on our team and uh wanting to work within dylan cpas I'm, that's probably my next um probably easiest thing to sell to somebody so you're saying you want to interview for a sales development rep role uh with chris and hope is that what i'm hearing there Wait, 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 wait. I already did that. I did not mention accounting services okay. uh, as one of those things that I would be very good at selling. Uh, selling people on joining our team as far as working joining with us, for us. Yes. So the job that I currently have as far as HR and helping locate and hire new team members, take care of the ones that we have, I think I'm well suited in the position that I currently have. I am not asking to take on anything else. So I'll just be real clear. I am not asking to take on anything else, anything new or different. So what you're saying is you want to be a cult leader um, <laughs> and you want to influence and have people join and yeah, there may be a and bigger. And keep them for life. So yes, that's exactly what I am. So my title can probably uh, be adjusted now to just cult leader instead of firm administrator or HR or whatever titles that I currently have listed on our website. We can just go ahead and fix that up to cult leader. Yeah. I like that. I, I think maybe after someone starts, then they realize that. I think outward facing advertising <laughs> probably would not do well attracting 
the right people. Um, who knows? Well, we may give it a shot. You never know. Maybe the secret sauce. Yeah. So thinking about culture, this is not something that was always just um, natural for us to want to curate or cultivate or even felt was important. Um, actually, I would say in the beginning, we didn't do anything with culture in Dillon CPAs. Um, so let's just talk about some of the reasons, Marcus, why you think having a good culture and having an intentional culture within your organization is important. Every organization has a culture, whether they want to admit it, realize it or not, you might as well make it the best that you can be by um, giving it some thought and working on it and creating a great place to be for the the team. And, um, you know, culture is just such a broad definition nowadays. Someone earlier this week asked me to explain our culture as they wanted to get a, to learn a little bit more about us. And it, it's just like handing me a blank sheet of, of paper. I just have to start writing. And then hopefully they tell me when to shut up because I just think it's so intertwined into everything we do. And it, it's really the reason the reason why you exist, or maybe it's just a byproduct of your existence as a business. And so, yeah, the, the culture piece, I, it's so broadly defined for me and you really have to narrow in on how you can set what you want your culture to look like, what you have to do to get to that, that place. And definitely if you're coming out of a place that maybe has a bad culture, even a toxic culture, how do you how do you move towards the right the, the path that you want to go to get where you want to go so so i think something a toxic culture we hear that often uh, we hear that a lot from people wanting to change jobs so maybe people who are interviewing or looking like exploring evaluating our firm as maybe their next place to work and so toxic culture i would say can happen on accident or with very little effort, but a good culture cannot happen by accident. A good culture definitely uh, has some intention behind it. And so some of the reasons that we have learned, so as you're going along beginning of business, like you're pretty busy, you wear a lot of hats, you do a lot of things. And so maybe culture isn't on the forefront of your mind. But what we realized as we wanted to scale and grow and make a sustainable business and a sustainable career to make a legacy, right? Something that's not just a job. And then when we stop, it's done, um, is really having a good culture. So if we want to attract good teammates if we want to uh, keep them forever, you know, as long as they want to continue working, um, if we want to continue working for a long amount of time, right? If it's a miserable place to be, then likely our, even our burnout is going to come quicker than if it was an enjoyable place to be. So those are some things. Um, anything else that you can think of why culture is important? It's from an employer and maybe even an employee uh, perspective when I used to be uh, on the other side, it, it's kind of what keeps you around. It's the the group that you do life with and it's um, the belief system and how work, 
you know, it's just the sauce at the end of the day. That's, that's uh, part of your life. And this is going to probably publish on the, the day of the tax deadline, April 18th this year, that Monday. And um, speaking from experience from not only our team, but then also other friends that we have in the industry, it, it was a very um, challenging few weeks uh, as far as a, as far as a busy tax season goes industry wide. Uh, we saw a lot of people overworked and burned out and um, probably to the point where they're not willing to do that again. And some of the things that caused that are it's the first April 15th deadline we've had in two years. We got used to a little bit more time and the clients got used to a little bit more time. So this is the first year with that compression of that April 15th deadline coming back into play. And um, a lot of businesses were not set up to, to handle that well. Thankfully, we staffed up throughout the year last year to kind of meet the need of growing demand uh, on our overall services. We still have a few clients that are probably not ideal that we're still working through kind of transitioning to a better model or needing to have a different conversation with uh, as far as who can serve them better. And there's just not enough hours in the day. And so I've come from a culture um, at other employers where it's just, you, it, it's a grind and, and that's not a healthy culture. And so I think, what we will see over the next coming weeks are hopefully not an exodus, but I think it will be an exodus from accounting firms, uh, from employers that are not treating their team right and do not have a healthy culture, maybe are not saying that was bad. How do we get better? This is what we're going to do immediately to start addressing those things. And it's all top down. People don't leave uh, bad business. They be leave bad, bad leaders. And so I think it's on us as employers, as leaders to be better than we were before. And culture is just, it, it's kind of this inherent thing that bleeds into every aspect of the organization. And, and I think we're about to see what, how bad it really was. <laughs> Uh, through April 15th here in the next few weeks. So. so one thing that you said, we staffed up. So just highlighting and just reinforcing the importance of culture, the reason that we were able to find uh, team members is because we do have a good culture here and our current team will speak into that when a prospective team member is kind of interviewing us or, you know, shopping out where they're going to make their next move to our current team. They are huge advocates for working in our organization. So uh, having a culture allows you to be able to staff up so that you don't uh, have people who are working uh, 60, 70, 80 hours a week for two months or longer. So that's something that's really important. And then another thing is that it really is on leadership to 
define that culture, to curate that culture within the organization. That doesn't mean the leader has to be the one to do all the implementation, but definitely what you want it to look like, it is your business. So what you want it to look and feel like, and then that allows you to attract people who want similar things. So it just needs to be well-defined so that when you do have team members coming on, they know what they're joining and it aligns with what they want. And that's how you can help retain them for the length of their career. Sure. Yeah. You brought up a really good point. And I think uh, we're all wired uniquely and we do a lot of study on personality. Uh, once someone comes onto the team and as a group, people like to learn about themselves. And we've done that a few different settings as a team. And maybe the business owner, maybe the leader is not the best champion of culture. So it's identifying that right person who does become your cult leader. And it doesn't have to be the owner. The owner just has to be the one that's willing to encourage, spend budget to make that better. Um, you know, it's the, it's the little dollars that go a long way as opposed to, you know, it being so bad and then, bonus or raise or overtime pay, and, and you think that's going to solve it. Um, that's not always the case, especially with the workforce that we're seeing now that wants a better balance in life throughout the year and throughout their career. So um, yeah, all that to say, I, I think it doesn't have to be the owner that is the champion. There's probably somebody else who's even better equipped and that really would do a great job being that person. Yeah. And one more thing that we haven't mentioned as far as why culture is important. If your team is happy, they're going to serve your clients well, which in turn should make your clients happy. So overall, you know, a happy team is going to produce happy clients, quality work, things like that. So again, just looking at so many reasons to if culture is not a priority or it's not something that you've ever intentionally thought about why we should be thinking about it, why it should be a priority within the organization from the leader standpoint, even if that's only to encourage, even if that is just to delegate it to someone to be a champion of culture in your, in your firm, um, definitely still needs to be a priority and something that the leader of the organization is encouraging and, um, holding whoever is responsible, holding them accountable to make sure that it's being maintained. Yeah. And so next I wanted to talk about where we were and how we changed as far as our culture, because I mentioned at the beginning, in the beginning of Dylan CPA. So if we think back now, almost 11 years ago, culture was definitely not a priority, but it wasn't really even a thought. So whatever culture we had uh, was really just by accident, was just there. Um, it, it wasn't something I don't even think we can define. So you actually started with Dylan CPAs without me. So in the very, very beginning. So I'll let you talk a little bit about the first time maybe that we looked at culture and tried to, you know, put words around what did our culture even look like in the beginning? Um the culture in the beginning was all about production, it, it, whatever it took to get work out the door. And it 
wasn't pretty. Uh, it meant a lot of hours. Uh, there was maybe a little bit of fluff there. If somebody uh, helped me get production to go out the door and that was the ultimate goal. And um, I think a lot of businesses are in that production uh, business viability, sustainability mindset in the very beginning. Uh, there wasn't, there wasn't budget to allocate. And, and from where we started, where a lot of it was on me as the owner, uh, wearing so many different hats, um, there was just, there was other things to focus on. And so as we started adding members to the team, we really started to try to be intentional about how can we make this boring industry, this work that is usually um, not very appealing to others. How can we make the atmosphere around that work and around the office more fun? And how can we have a better experience overall together? We know that the work is a, is a grind or the production, it's boring work or it's so time intensive and technical. How do you get beyond that? and enjoy what you do. And so, you know, that's where we started. Obviously the easy stuff is to throw money at it. So, um, you know, you take dollars and you reward people for whenever they do a great job and, uh, you celebrate things that are easy to celebrate. And so work anniversaries and birthdays and big milestone achievements, whether it's in someone's personal life or in their work life, um, just by bringing that into the office, and then your culture is more of an extension of who you naturally are. And as even an employee, you're not living two different lives uh, where you exist somehow at home and then you, you're a completely different person at work. And so we wanted to knock down any barriers. And, you know, if there was definitely something going on in the life of the family, celebrate it and let people know, hey, it's okay to have a family. It's, it's okay to celebrate this stuff together. We kind of want to know what's going on in your life because then we can structure work and um, your career here to meet what's going on in your life. And so I think a lot of people, whether it's a closed door policy, which no one advertises that they have a closed door policy. It's just, it's unwritten that they have a closed door policy that they don't care anything about you as a person. They don't care what you're going through personally. They may not even, you know, love the fact that life comes up, you know, that you're pregnant or, or expecting a child going through an adoption, going through an aging parent that you're trying to care for. All of those situations are part of life and life is so much more important than work. It's just, how do you make it all blend together? And I think, as a culture, you have to be accepting first and make sure that you address the, the, the employee or the team member where they're at. And yeah, I'm going to rewind all the way back to from the beginning about what kind of our culture looked like. And so by the time that I started really at Dillon CPAs, what it looked like was the part that Marcus said that you said was getting the production out the door, but it was really from a standpoint of let's 
hurry up and get this work out the door as quickly as possible so we can go home to our family, go see our friends, go do anything else but this work. Because like you mentioned, you said it was pretty boring work or pretty technical work. And so it was like, okay, well, let's hurry up and get through this and spend as little time at work as possible, which was great for efficiency, um, but could have very easily created a toxic culture. We were very fortunate that I would say we didn't get to that level because the people, which we have mentioned before, we knew the people that were working with us. So we had relationship with them outside of Dillon CPAs. So we actually did spend time with them through church, through friend meetups and things like that. So there, there was relationship besides the office. However, if we had team members that we didn't know and didn't spend time with other than at work, I think it would have been very, um, it could have quickly become a toxic place to work with. Just hurry up and get this done. You know, if you have anything, a flat tire, a sick kid, anything like that, that's going to slow down work or cause somebody to have to stay longer at work, then that was going to be like a hindrance or a nuisance or an annoyance. And so definitely that is not the culture you want. So thinking through that, if that looks similar to something maybe our listeners are experiencing right now, where in the beginning we thought, well, yeah, we're not going to make people stay at work for all these hours for no reason if they can hurry up and get it done. And the way we'll show our appreciation or that we care about that person is we'll give them a bonus or we'll pay them a little extra. Um, that didn't accomplish what we thought originally that it was going to accomplish. No. And I've been in those settings where the bonus or the extra pay was what was expected to keep you around. And speaking from experience, it was, it was so bad that as soon as that bonus was paid out, I'm gone. You know, <laughs> there's no reason to stick around uh, after I've gotten that ring. I don't want to go through it again. And there's nothing else keeping me here from the next chapter in my career. So yeah, pay me that bonus. Great. Let's go on to the next. And so we did not want that set up here. Obviously we bonus out three times a year and celebrate people. And it's different than what we're, you know, where I had previously been. And um, yeah, it's just, there's different ways to make people feel important and not even feeling, but they are important. You know, it's not just you're, you're trying to do a false reality with them, but we, we honestly do care and that's weaved into culture. And the hard thing is, Culture, the, the word, the term culture and everybody talking about it and millions of books and podcasts on it. And it just seems so watered down um, nowadays. And you can go a million different ways as you try to define your own culture. Um, that it's such a hard question to ask because it, it truly is every part of the business life. And um you can't write a manual about it. You just have to talk through it and, and show people what it really means. So we're going to do our best today to try to give it some legs and make it practical and actionable on how to improve. So let's talk a little bit about how did we improve? What would you say was kind of the first thing that helped us start going in a different direction, in a better direction? 
I would say having somebody own it. Um, you know, and I think that was probably you when you came on board. Um, I wasn't doing a really good job with it. And it was always an afterthought to me. Uh, you know, the first priority was production and client work. And then the second was, oh, yeah, I got to care for these people who are on this ride with me uh, and make sure that they're fed. And um, so by by being intentional, by allowing somebody else to do a really good job with it, that was step one, I think, movement in the right direction. Yeah, and we, uh, in the beginning, we really looked at what were the good parts of the culture that we had created? Um, not so much the parts that were going in the wrong direction, but what was good about the parts we had created. And so some of the good things, uh, we liked each other. So the people we, again, that's how I can say, I don't think we got to a toxic level culture because we still all liked each other uh, at that point. We, we think. Had, we had really hard workers, people who were willing to put in their best effort every single day. And then because we liked each other and because naturally we were hard workers, we were all willing to help each other when needed. So really, again, I've mentioned before when I came on, it was just whatever anybody needs help with. That's what I thought I was there to do. And while that isn't always the healthiest approach to take as far as you can delegate and find the best people to do things. Um, it is a good mindset to have if needed that you are willing to help people do other things to make, just to make the whole organization better. So sure. to make the team better. No, no doubt. And you have to be, you know, a servant mindset in that setting. And it's just, I think you came in and, and so many other team members are, um, willing to set their work aside to help others achieve what they were trying to get through. And um, definitely from a leader perspective, we're very lucky to have those people as leaders. And sometimes I, I was not that way. I was like, get out of my way. I got to get this out within the end of the day because I need to go home. Like there's just something bigger <laughs> in mind that, that I need to go do. So. So we were, yeah, we really started looking at how do we make those days more enjoyable? So if the work isn't going to change as far as the nature of the work, a tax return is still a tax return or accounting audit, whatever we were offering at the time, if that type of work wasn't going to change, what could we do to make it more enjoyable? And so one of the things that we started doing really um, from the beginning that I think was probably one of the most beneficial was we started meeting together as a team. So again, when I tell you like it was get the work done as quickly as possible, however you could get it done and go home, we didn't even leave time. Like if we have a meeting, that's going to take up time. And you know, those are billable hours that are just wasted if we're just sitting in a room talking to each other. Uh, at that time we were small. Marcus, if you want to describe a little bit about what we like, how did we communicate if we weren't meeting on a regular basis as a group? Oh, you go, you go into someone's office or yell at them down the hall. Uh, you know, it was a very intimate setting is the, I guess, term. And we did not have technology like we do now as far as, you know, Slack or Teams, all that stuff that now exists. And it was uh, definitely, hey, I'm going to throw you a message. I might even try to listen to your response, but it's, you know, going one way more than likely. And you compare that to where we're at today and, you know, how we 
fly team members in for retreats and things like that. As the owner um, in a production setting, I try not to think about the billable hours that are in that room um, during that retreat as far as lost production or anything like that, because that is a huge investment of our people's time and other things that they could be working on, whether from a client basis or just opportunity cost in life, you know, that they're able to spend time with their family or anything else, especially if they're traveling in for that. Um, so I think it just kind of, we started small, we would celebrate um, life events, birthdays, anniversaries, things like that in office, probably in the conference room, bring in meals. And then I think meals, uh, people like to eat. And I think uh, we brought in, we, we try to find any reason to bring in a meal. Uh, and then we started maybe even eating lunch together as, as a team. It's so hard to think back um, to some of those early days. And definitely if there's a reason to have desserts, you were all about it and yeah. you would um, be there for sure. And so I think it was just breaking bread with one another, talking about things other than work and genuinely caring for people was a great start. So when we were when we were super small and not thinking so much about culture, our communication as far as mass communication for the whole team was we were so small and we were physically located in the same place. We could really overhear phone calls. We could overhear conversations. So we were all in the know all the time because we were always together and close, such close proximity that we could hear. I mean, we, you could hear sighs. You could hear a pencil hit the desk. If <laughs> you could Phone hear someone slamming, that was the best. Yeah. yeah. Feverishly typing if they were agitated or phones um, getting hung up a little bit harder than normal. So you kind of knew what was going on, but what we have learned since then with not only with a remote team, but just with a larger team and moving out, you know, from one office to another was that having a dedicated time where you meet together with focus as far as things to talk about, it, it gives people a time and space to come and talk and share those things. It gives a focus time to share things that everybody needs to know instead of small interruptions throughout the day. So where those other conversations maybe only took one, two, three, five, ten minutes, whatever. It wasn't a long time. We could accomplish the same thing by making a dedicated time in the day once a week instead of having multiple conversations, interruptions, maybe having to repeat those if somebody was out or couldn't hear at that time. And mm -hmm. so um, definitely meeting together more. And then, like you said, then we got to start celebrating birthdays and anniversaries together, having meals together, hearing about people's weekends and uh, other life events, things that were going on. Uh, so definitely allowed for a lot more. Um, that's not something that only happens in a physical environment that also happens in our remote uh, work setting now. And so we do still have those designated team meetings once a week video video on for everybody. We don't require that you look any certain way on those video on, come as you are, uh, but it is a time that we start with uh, like an icebreaker where everyone gets to share something for that day. And then we have a focus time as far as what information needs to get out. People have time for questions, all of that. Yep. And 
part of part of the culture is just being in the know as far as like communications. And so the way we've also done that, so you can you can you you know what's going on because I think people in certain other businesses, they're like, I just I don't even know what's going on. I don't know where we're going. And so we try to share that as much as possible, obviously in retreats. But then also in teams, we'll have an external communication channel where if there's something that's going out from the business to either the community or client base that's posted in that channel, that way, if a team member gets emailed or questioned about what we sent out, like, what does this mean? Like, oh, I had no idea we sent that out. Um, so we'd like to have that communication because that is not it's not as easy to do whenever you're a remote office or remote setting. So there are things to, to weave into that culture teams. Uh, we've mentioned that a ton. That's a huge part of our culture as far as staying connected. And there's a channel there that you celebrate birthdays on and people um, get called out when it's their birthday or they do something special and you celebrate together as a team, even though you may be located miles and, um, you know, away from one another and you get to send really cool memes or gifts or, uh, you know, videos to kind of brighten somebody's day. And that, that's what makes it fun. That's what hopefully keeps people around, keeps people coming back for more because honestly, it's not the work. And we know that, um, you know, the work gets boring after a while. And so that uh, just highlights the fact that we are celebrating team members for more than just their production within the business. So really making sure that each of our team members feels seen and feels heard. Every human has uh, a need to be seen and to be heard. And so making sure that we are um, fostering that within our organization some other things that we did, we asked for input from the team on, you know, creating our mission or our vision or maybe updating that as far as to make sure that we're all working towards the same goal. And so that obviously is going to help uh, bolster any culture if everybody's working towards the same thing. We ask for input all the time, uh, actually weekly. So we check in with our team weekly and uh, asking for input on how can we improve? How can we improve processes, services, uh, service offerings, technology that we're using? What can we do to make it better? And then actually evaluating and implementing those ideas. So to ask for it and have no intention of implementing is not the way to go on that. So be sure if that's something that uh, somebody might want to incorporate, that if you are asking for ways to improve and get better, that you are prepared to evaluate those opportunities and then implement them as well. Yeah. Um, we survey a lot. And even if it comes down to, hey, we're going to go to breakfast. Where do y'all want to go? Or what do you want? Um, what do you want to do for after this, you know, milestone how do you want to celebrate we pull whether it's you know just you and me kind of internally the leadership group the whole team um you know we, we try to get people's buy-in because it's we're asking them to give up their time to do something you know that as a team we can kind of rally around and we definitely want their input so polling whether that's through 
uh, a constant channel like we do on a weekly basis or just a, a survey like, hey, how are we doing internally? Um, that, that goes a long way, but you do have to incorporate that into the decision. You can't not, you, you can't just ask and not listen to it. I think there was an episode of The Office with the comp, the uh, suggestion box um, that they <laughs> never opened. And um, yeah, so, so really good stuff there on how you listen to your team to incorporate it into your culture. Ultimately, you have to be open to those suggestions and willing to listen to their, their two cents. That's a good point. I always uh, can't decide on if I want things to be a surprise and, and we decide it all so that it's a surprise and our team either just show up for something or the surprise just shows up to them. Or do we ask for their input and then, you know, have a better sense of, yes, this is actually something that they wanted, valued, liked. And so I go back and forth. So I would say it's probably a hybrid on what we do, but it is 100% okay to ask people what they want, what they like, what they value, uh, get their answers, and then deliver on that. You don't have to come up with something uh so creative and out there and brand new every single time, if they've shared what they like, it's because they like it. So they're okay, you know, repeating that, you know, multiple times throughout the year. So don't make it harder than it is. It's, it's okay to ask people what they, what they value, what they like, how, how do they feel valued? Like what can you do for them to make them feel valued? That's an okay question to ask. That's a great question to ask people. Yeah. The, Oh, the, I just think back to some of the surveys that went right. And then some of the surveys that just did not go right. And, um, you know, we like to have fun here and a story I remember, and this probably goes back to working with your spouse and being disappointed by working with your spouse was one of my favorite stories. Cause I know we'll always get a laugh is the secret Santa, um, where, I was responsible for getting to the office early and putting the, this person's secret Santa, who I think was mine, like, but you did all the work and got the gifts and everything like that. And I appreciate it. Um, putting that person's gift on their desk and putting your secret Santa person's gift on their desk. And, you know, spouses come short a lot of times and I mixed up the two gifts. Uh, so, and they were, one was a longtime team member who, we knew. And, uh, another one was a somewhat newer team member that you didn't know as well, but when their secret Santa survey came in and that's what shared with the other side, um, the one person loved to cook, the other did not. And so it just happened that when I screwed up the gifts, the person who did not like to cook got like all these cooking, uh, utensils and was really surprised, uh, on what secret Santa gave them. So, um, I think, I think so, so those gifts were very intentional, specific to the person's yeah. hobbies, interests, likes, and yeah, you totally, you totally jacked them up. So I messed uh, that up so they, bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's good to think on to laugh, you know, back from when that happened seven years ago or six years ago, whenever. Um, and it completely changed uh, how I chose Secret Santa partners from then on. It yeah. completely changed how we did that all together because of one little mix-up. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I ruined it for everybody. But, um, 
But I, I think going back to the original comment, like after you get to know your people, you probably don't have to ask them as often, like, what do you enjoy? What do you like? Because you know them. And um, as we've gotten to know team members over the years and the fact that they've kind of grown into like friends and family, like, you know, their love language, you know, what gets them excited, what makes them feel uh, special. And so then it just kind of becomes easy. It's a part of life. And it's just, you know, it's just that culture that's just weaved into how you do uh, what you do on a daily basis and how you celebrate that person, and that team member. So, um, but yeah, getting to know your people, like there's some businesses out there that are missing the boat on not getting to know their people on such a personal level that I, I think that they're very, uh, very short-sighted and, you know, losing a lot in that relationship. Well, this has been a good conversation. I don't think it's over yet. So I think there definitely has to be another conversation. You know me, I love practical examples like, okay, but what did you really do for your culture? Like, okay, once you ask the people what they liked and once you ask, what are some ideas? How do we do it? And then also I really like to have like a range of like, no budget, low budget to maybe you have more budget or time to throw at that. So would love to talk through those maybe on our next episode. Yeah. Thinking on this one, for me, I think some of the, the two probably most important things, get intentional as far as defining what is your culture right now, and then develop relationships with the people in your organization. That, that those two things kind of encompass everything. Um, if you have a relationship with those people and um, you're intentional, intentional about wanting it to be better, a better place to be day to day, I think you're going to improve your culture just from those two things. What would you say? Spot on. And that kind of goes hand in hand with hiring and, you know, the questions that we all have to ask ourselves, like, would you hang out with this person in Mexico? Would you, you know, go do life with this person? Are they a natural fit? Um, in a small employer, it, it's got to be, you know, it, it's just got to make sense on so many different levels for, for both sides to have a great uh, working environment. And so, um, but yeah, like great conversation. Uh, I think you nailed it on the head as far as being intentional and developing relationships. That's huge. And then probably as the conversation continues uh, from here on out, um, we'll give examples, but I think we're also a culture of improvement because we keep trying to get better, um, and, uh, keep wanting what's best for not only ourselves, but for our team and for our clients. And so excited, uh, to have this next conversation as well, where hopefully people can get some tangible, um, kind of examples on what, what we've done, what maybe suggestions we have to improve. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.